welcome to New Planet, a podcast where we inform and enable a sustainable lifestyle. Boy, ain't that just a beautiful intro. My favorite part is the birds. It just really immerses really? me in nature, and you don't like you don't like my voice that much. That's my second favorite part. Okay, okay, that's good enough. But it really sets the space. You know, now our listeners are here with us in the forest with the birds. Well, clearly, that's where we record every episode. Yeah, we're in the forest right now. It's it's a beautiful day in the forest. Thank you for listening to episode seven of the New Planet Podcast. I'm Xander Kip. I'm Aiden Hirsch. Yep. <laughs> That's your name. That's so, me. if you've been listening to any of our episodes, you know that we always start with a quote. And uh, this week's quote is from Annie Leonard. She is a Seattleite. And Not to be confused of- with uh, Annie Lennox, the singer of uh, the... Oh, man. Who sweet dreams are made of these? Who sings that? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> um, is it the Arithmics? Yes, it's the Arithmics. And she's a Seattleite, not a satellite. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> she's a proponent of sustainability and a critic of consumerism. She created the animated film The Story of Stuff, which describes the life cycle of material goods. And in 2014, she became the executive director of Greenpeace USA. And the quote is, there is no such thing as a way. When we throw anything away, it must go somewhere. And I really like that quote because it, you know, it's true. We don't just put things in the... (laughs) It is. It is. It is true. You know, we just put things in bins and we forget about it. But really, all this this stuff that we consume has to go somewhere. And like reduce, reuse, recycle is a great idea. But I think primarily we need to focus on reducing and reusing. But yeah, no, it's true. It's like it's just a way of like externalizing another problem, basically. So but without like accounting for it, you know, people just externalize their trash and they expect somebody else to take care of it. And then it gets sent to a landfill and. We kind of, but we forget about it long before that. So, right. So, I guess this this episode is kind of in line with consumerism. We're kind of just going to be talking about like grocery shopping in a more effective, sustainable way. I guess like um, we're changing the format to be more about personal anecdotes and kind of an experience that we've had that we've then gone and done some research on and like want to answer some more questions about this problem or observation that we've had and uh, the problem slash observation is you know, when you go to the grocery store and you you get some vegetables or fruit from the produce section there are plastic bags everywhere and people just take their nice vegetables and put it in a plastic bag and then they get home and they take it out of the plastic bag and throw the bag away it's just a un- unnecessary reason to have some single-use plastic bags And then you also have the bags you use to transport the food from the store to your house. And those are just single use. But, you know, you have 
these polypropylene bags that are the typical reusable bags that you can find in stores and they're woven ones or non-woven ones. And I was kind of curious about how many times you have to reuse these bags before they break even and you start having a positive impact on the environment. Yeah, I've heard that they have like really high numbers, uh, like an extremely high amount of uses for um, like the supposedly more sustainable reusable bags or whatever, like um, specifically the cotton ones, I guess, right? So, Right, like ideally you use these things for thousands of times going to the yeah. store. Um, but what, give me a, give me a guess how many times you think you need to use a polypropylene bag before you start saving the planet. That's a plastic one, right? Yeah. That's like the, you know, the typical reusable bag. Um, um, I don't know, like a hundred. Yeah. That's I thought it was going to be a lot higher than that. I I did some research and there was a 2018 Danish study and they say 37 times. And then this other UK study said four times for low density polypropylene and 11 times for non-woven polypropylene. And then this other website called turngoods.com said that it was 14 times for polypropylene. So a lot less than I initially anticipated, but... Just keep reusing these bags. If you buy reusable bags, just use them over and over again and make sure that you don't buy more than you really need because that's wasteful because they're just sitting in your car and you're not really making an impact on the environment and you still have to use resources to make these bags. So So these are the bags that are like, I don't know, do you get at Target or Safeway or something, right? Or Trader Joe's, yeah, right, exactly. Just like the, the thicker well, well, actually, plastic ones. Trader Joe's doesn't sell plastic bags anymore, thank you very much. Well, no, like <laughs> the reusable ones. Oh. Yeah, but the ones that they give you at like the register, right? Like, oh, do you need right, a Right, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about like oh. the reusable plastic bags. Oh, I got it. That I you like you put in your like, car. Okay. Okay, I thought they were like... Not single-use plastic ones, like the reusable ones. Well, I guess there's like the single-use, and then there's the ones that are still given to you, like at the register, like they ask you, oh, do you need a bag? But they still say, oh, this is reusable on it, like reuse this bag, but it's not... I guess it's not like the reusable bags that other people think of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so these are the the ones that we sell at Trader Joe's for like a dollar. Yeah, exactly, Um, exactly, those bags. So you can use those roughly 20 times to start saving the planet i thought that was going to be a lot worse than that that's pretty good right i thought it was gonna be a lot worse too so then there are other options like paper bags and uh this danish study says 43 times to start saving the planet while the uk study and the turn goods source say three or four so really wait that's a pretty big range just for like the pla- or the paper, um, just like a brown paper bag. Huh, that's more than the plastic ones. It's less. Oh, how well, many? Well, I guess so. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. For the Danish study, the polypropylene is thirty-seven, and the paper is forty-three. Gotcha. But the other sources say smaller numbers for both of those. So, I don't know. It's still like you know, cot or paper. You know, you have to grow. A tree, cut it down, turn it into a bag. So there's a lot yeah. of resources that go into that process. 
And like that is a sustainable good if you are replanting these trees afterwards and it's not just clear cut, cutting down forests. Like we need our forests, but like sustainable timber is actually not that bad for the environment because you're cutting out a tree, you're planting a seed and you're regulating the like planted trees to cut down trees. So it's equivalent and you're not yeah. ruining yeah, forests. Say, the paper that we use for paper products is generally like we're not... 100% of the well, no, uh, we're not 100% of the time using pl- trees that are specifically made for growing or making paper, but the vast majority of them are like paper trees. Like we plant those. Um, we're not just like cutting down the Amazon to get paper, although we are cutting down the Amazon to get meat. But <laughs> the paper. Um, Listen to our animal agriculture episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the paper does come from those those paper trees, so it's not like we're destroying I don't know carbon sinks that are vital. Um, yeah, exactly. And in the meantime, when those trees are growing, they're still converting CO2 to oxygen, which is yeah. pretty sweet. But just make sure if you're buying paper products, they do come from these sustainable forests, right. I guess. And, and then yeah. there's, well, there was one more type of bag, right? Yeah, you got, you got your cotton bags. So cotton is another crop. You have to grow it, harvest it, like process it. So there's a lot of resources that go into making cotton bags. So this Danish study says a whopping 7,100 times you need to reuse your bags. The yeah, UK study says, yep, that's, that is a lot. The UK study says 137 times, and this Turn Goods website says 173 times. So it's a pretty big range, but the, the Danish study used organic cotton, which has a larger environmental impact than um, traditional cotton. So... That's a that's why their number is so high because when you produce organic goods, it it isn't necessarily better for the environment, and could take up more space and other factors. That's another topic of for our podcast. But anyways, just be mindful of the break even point for these reusable bags or goods that you want to purchase, and like make sure that you continuously use them, like. Um, For example, if you want to put your produce in a bag, you could use woven produce bags that you can buy online, or you can reuse some old shirts or bandanas or some sort of cloth that you can just wrap up your produce in and just keep that break-even point in mind. So, Aiden, how do you you shop when you go to the grocery store? You know, what, what are your methods that you use to kind of minimize your impact? Well, let's see. I mean, so I purposely don't buy, I work at Trader Joe's, but I purposely don't buy vegetables, uh, or at least like leafy vegetables, leafy greens at Trader Joe's because they, they're all already in plastic. So like kale, spinach, whatever you, you want to have there. That's, um, like a leafy green is always wrapped in plastic. So <clears throat> that's something I avoid. Uh, like, I mean, just today I went to, um, sprouts and I got like some kale and some, charred and i just you know grabbed it out of the fridge and put it in my car and left like you know bought it and left um but so i don't see the need for any like wrapping it even even if the those bags so i guess nowadays they have those bags that you can put produce in that are like compostable but um i mean does anybody like how many people do you think actually compost those bags right like they're compostable but even just putting a compostable item in the landfill the whole point of like 
worrying about putting things in a landfill is they go in there and they don't have time to biodegrade. So they just emit methane. Um, and I, I read uh, one of these articles. Uh, I don't know if this is the one I'm going to mention later, but um, like landfills are the third highest emitter of methane for the U.S. Because you, like f- even if you just put like a banana peel or an apple core or something, something that you're like, oh, like this is okay to throw away because you know it'll just biodegrade but no because you put it in a landfill and then it just immediately gets buried and that biodegrading process doesn't actually occur and so it just emits a bunch of methane um so even those like compostable produce bags like i think that's sort of greenwashing it's just like oh you can feel better about using these produce bags but in reality they're not actually helping that much um so I definitely avoid produce bags. I try to avoid as much as possible buying anything that's just wrapped in like film because it's really hard to recycle film and like plastic film. Uh, so for example, I don't know, another thing at Trader Joe's is um, our mushrooms are wrapped like in a plastic kind of container and then you, they wrap it with film. So I'd much rather just go to like a farmer's market and buy mushrooms that are just sitting out in the open in something that I can at least recycle but um, they're not wrapped in plastic film Um, so yeah I'd say in terms of like packaging I definitely make a conscious effort to not buy things that are overly or just unreasonably packaged Um, I don't worry that much about my food being like contaminated I mean I wash my food before I eat it and uh (laughs) I don't know. So, yeah, that's what I do, at least, when I go shopping. Yeah. I I think those are pretty effective methods. And I think, like, one thing that I keep in mind when I'm shopping is this idea of if it comes in garbage, it's probably garbage for you. So just making sure to buy, like, whole vegetables or, you know, produce. Or if you, if you eat meat, just make sure that it's not coming in garbage because it's probably like you're gonna have to throw the garbage away anyways but um what i do is i just walk around i bring my backpack with me so that helps me like regulate the amount of food that i buy because if i can't fit in my backpack like i'm not gonna bring it home with me and i usually try to also just buy the amount of food that i will cook that day so instead of having to store so much at my house I make sure to just to buy what I need. And um, if I do buy, for example, like kale, I like kale. Kale's pretty good. Um, That's a good one. I'll, like process it and then just put it in like a t-shirt or like a reusable bag. That's like a little damp and just put it in the crisper and it'll, it's good for a week at least. So it does, you don't need to put it in a plastic bag but just kind of washing it and prepping it. And then like, I don't have to worry about it until I need to buy more kale. Um, and I think like using glass instead of plastic and trying to find a bulk food store and, you know, like I like quinoa and lentils. And so what I do is uh, when I lived in, in downtown Seattle, I would walk to the nearest Whole Foods and just use their bulk section to get my quinoa and lentils. But turns out you can't use glass containers like you can't bring your own jars to whole foods because they can't tear stuff over a certain weight so be mindful of that like try to find a co-op or like a bulk food store that's like allows you to bring in your own jars 
And so I would have to use the plastic containers that Whole Foods sells and just reuse those. But like, I'm sure that those have a break even point to an extent, but that's still pretty hard to recycle. Like it is technically recyclable, but it's different than something like glass or metal when it comes to being uh, recycled and reused in the future. So just kind of keep those things in mind. Just what's the break even point of this thing that I'm going to consume and how can I shop effectively to not produce waste? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one to, I don't know, like quote unquote win, I guess it's a subject like this whole subject is tough for me because it's something that I feel like I avoid sometimes because it just feels like anytime I make uh, progress or do something better than I find out the statistic where I'm just like, oh, never mind. Like what I'm doing is just not, not actually, not actually helping at all. Um, like for example, people might think that their cotton reusable bags are great because I'm not using plastic now. But then we realize, oh, you actually have to reuse them like potentially thousands of times before you actually break even on them. Um, so it's a, it's a tough one, but, and I think not to like, um, don't like be too harsh on yourself with it. Um, definitely like push yourself to reuse things. It's the second R first really reduce second reuse things. Um, and then also like pressing other, uh, like, I don't know, maybe you're a local municipality for like recycling and garbage to like hold them accountable for actually recycling things. Um, or like and not allowing them to end up in the ocean. I don't know. Um, yeah. And talk to your friends and family about like how you shop or like effect more effective ways that they can shop. Like, I just don't understand why people use plastic bags when they buy produce. Just, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Um, I was reading this article about, cause I was interested to learn. I remember like hearing secondhand how, Oh, most of our stuff isn't even like recycled anymore. It's just like thrown in the trash with landfills. So I was interested to learn more about that. So I found this one article from the Atlantic that talked about how China is not accepting our trash anymore because we would export and kind of just like externalize and like outsource our trash to China who would then reuse our trash and make products out of it or whatever and recycle it. Um, but then last year they restricted the imports for that. So they wouldn't uh, accept certain recyclables like mixed paper uh, and some plastic most plastics so then like local municipalities would have to pay higher rates to recycle their stuff domestically and so they're like well we can't afford this and we can't make our constituents pay more and they can't afford it so we're just gonna burn it and so they just incinerated a bunch of trash or they just throw it in the landfill and there's this one part of the article where the um, city manager in franklin new hampshire Judy Milner, she said that um, she hates that she knows that Franklin is releasing toxins into the environment through incinerating stuff, through incinerating trash, and but she just said, but there's not much she can do. And it's just like, you know, that makes me sad because we'd rather just like externalize this problem and knowingly pollute our own lungs and like our people rather than just, I don't know, subsidize 
recycling or subsidize um, something like this so that we can afford to, to recycle things and or reuse things. At the price here is that um, they could break even on recycling by uh, selling it for $6 a ton. Um, but now, like after the China uh, problem, the the transfer station charges them $125 a ton to recycle and $68 a ton to incinerate. So it's like a huge increase in price, but like compared to, I don't know, things that we subsidize in our in our uh, country, for example, I don't know, oil. Um, <laughs> like, this seems like such a minimal price and something that's so simple and logical to fix, but yet they'd rather just burn a bunch of trash or throw it in the landfill because, I don't know, it's too expensive somehow. Is that directly caused by the trade war that the U.S. has with China? They're I don't know. Like, oh, part of our tariffs are we're no longer going to accept your recycling. Um, I'm not sure. Well, let me see. The links... Oh, I don't have internet. I forgot. Um, <laughs> That's right. We're in the forest. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it just says that the country restricted imports. So, I mean, that's has, that's definitely still this current administration. So I don't know if it has to do with the trade war, but um, yeah, it has to do with restricting imports. So That makes me sad. I watched this CNBC bit on recycling and they went to Vancouver which is Canada, Vancouver, Canada. Not Vancouver, Washington. eh? Oh, Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to all our Canadian listeners. Um, so the CNBC piece, they went to Vancouver and they essentially bought nine tons of recycling, put these trackers in them, and then sold the recycling to three different recycling companies to see if the it would actually get recycled. And on all of these companies' websites, they talk about how important the impact of the environment is and like how essential recycling is and how they care about our ecosystems. And it turns out one of the companies took the recycling to a place where they like break it down into little pebbles and then that can be reused to make different plastic goods. Uh, one company took it to be burned for energy and the last company just took it to a landfill. So maybe one third of recycling actually gets recycled maybe and that on, made a, me on a very sad. small sample size but yeah yeah exactly but still like they it claims to be a hundred percent and then you you, um, you, you yeah. put your recycling in the recycling bin you think it's going to get recycled but actually only maybe 30 percent of it does yeah yeah and so i mean this seems like so this is definitely, I think earlier in the episode you mentioned like this is, has to do with consumerism, and I think it 100% does, because like when I was thinking about this episode before recording it and kind of just thinking back to what kind of things I do throw away, like what ends up in my trash. I mean, I don't produce any of the stuff that I throw away, you know? Like I don't make my plastic or metal or paper products. It all comes from something that I've bought. So, I don't know, in a day, I might throw away, like, a can of beans. Like, I I buy beans, which is, first of all, which I literally realized when you were talking about bulk food stores, I can start not buying cans of beans, and I can just buy dry beans and soak them and then cook them later. I don't know. That seems like a pretty easy thing to do, but not something that I've started doing yet. Um, 
So like a can of beans, luckily that's something I can recycle because I can just pull the label off and then recycle the metal and the paper. Um, then there's plastic stuff. So something that I might recycle or throw away or recycle would be, um, I don't know. I think I'll definitely film, like there's some things that I buy that are packaged. Like saran um, wrap? Not really saran wrap, but similar, I guess. So probably... I buy like uh tofurkey fake meat like sausages I guess sometimes and even like the last couple of days I bought some beyond meat things from the store because those got like sent out to uh, grocery stores now and not just in restaurants but they wrap their so they have a plastic container for the burgers and then that container is wrapped in plastic wrap um which then has a paper like label thingy around it so you can recycle two of those things and then you have to throw away the plastic film. Uh, so there's ends up like some plastic films from like meat alternatives, I would say end up in the trash from me. Um, if I have to buy something at a store, like, like an electronic, I don't know. Uh, or basically anything. It's 80% packaging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then paper, I don't know, paper, the most paper products I throw away or, or recycle are probably mail and like receipts um and a paper bag every once in a while but i mostly recycle i recycle those if i all the time unless i'm using them for something else i guess and they can't be recycled anymore um but yeah like the main like <laughs> the motive of that story is like it's all stuff that you buy. Like I don't personally make any of the stuff that I throw away. It's always something that I have to purchase. So reducing the amount of things that I purchase therefore reduces the amount of things I have to throw away. It's a pretty simple equation. So um, it 100% has to do with consumerism and just like changing our patterns, our consuming patterns. Right. And I think that that's kind of in line with this idea of minimalism just you know having what you need and like kind of minimizing the impact that you have on the world around you by just buying less stuff and you know if you need to buy something or you want to like of course treat yourself occasionally but i mean <laughs> be mindful of the impact i'm not saying like never buy anything ever but understand that there can be ways for you to purchase that good in a way that is more sustainable and the 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 nice rush of dopamine you get from buying something is actually all the anticipation that comes with it so say there's something you want to buy on amazon just throw that bad boy in your cart for a week and like let it simmer and then buy it and who knows, maybe they'll send you a discount code. That's, I'm not saying that's happened to me before, but you could save 20%. So just put it in your cart and like think about it and let it simmer because like all that dopamine is actually hitting your, your brain when you're waiting to buy it or the anticipation of that, that feeling. So yeah, I, just um, awareness. Sometimes I think about, uh, have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? No. It's like... Uh, I know what it is, though. I, I yeah, like, need to watch it, but I don't really watch like, a lot of movies. Where Terry Crews becomes 
president in the future and he's like some uh obviously it's not him but he's playing a character who then becomes president in the future um and he's like a complete idiot um you know not so not far off from where we are right now i guess but um and basically he like he believes that you water plants with basically the ascent the equivalent of gatorade in the future um because the plants need electrolytes um <laughs> and, but part of part of it is just like wherever people live there's just these mountains of trash like outside of their um their windows because they're just throwing trash outside their windows and it piles up i think in and then also in the newest thor i think it was where they ended up like traveling to this other dimension or planet or something where um have you seen that one also the newer thor movie damn dude, dude. i do not watch movies i know i don't watch that many movies either but apparently I sounds like you're kind of a movie buff apparently i know a couple of movies um anyways another one where they're like in the future or it's like a futuristic type of dimension and then what do you know there's just a a whole part of the planet that's just covered in trash and people are living in this trash great news everyone idiocracy is available on hulu so if you got hulu go check it out i know what i'm gonna do after we record this podcast watch that movie it's not really that good of a movie just as a full disclaimer but it is kind of relevant to what we're talking about just because of the trash part of it um but anyways the point i was trying to make is like idiocracy and the thor movie are both like futuristic kind of uh not uh, it's like humorous dystopia because it's like things went badly but it's they're both funny they try to make humor of it but they're both uh they both represent this futuristic world where we did not take care of like our trash because not caring about trash apparently like represents just you know the decline of of society apparently all of the, both of these examples are just like places where um there's like a huge inequality of of wealth you like maybe i'm looking too deeply into a com- like <laughs> comedy but it's true like both of these like uh, examples have huge inequalities where there's these elite living in these high towers and then um the I don't know, middle and lower class people just living with their trash piling up outside of their windows or discarding it and getting it sent to these other places where like people in extreme poverty are living in the trash. Um, So I think it's a very well known issue and like people know the problems that come with not dealing with what are with our waste. We literally talk about it in these uh, movies and whatever probably other media but we still just keep doing it and consuming and consuming and wasting and wasting yeah i agree and i think this idea of zero waste is very relevant and valid and very difficult to achieve but it's something that i keep in mind when i shop and um you guys should all just try it out for a little like I, I, don't, I hate saying like try this out for a little bit because you're already going to sell yourself short by just saying like oh I just I'm going to be zero waste for a month it's just like I'm going to try to incorporate these ideas into my lifestyle and over time you're going to get better and better and better at it but saying that you're only going to do something for 
a month doesn't mean that you will actually achieve that goal. Anyways, that's part of my philosophy, but <laughs> I think this, uh, like, just keep these zero-waste ideas in your mind while you're living your life and just buying goods and shopping because, like, our current society, we need to buy things to live our lifestyle. And that can be done in a more sustainable way. It just takes maybe 30 minutes of research to find stores, like find your local bulk food store, um, figure out how to effectively use the bags that you have and think about the impact that those have on the environment. And like just next time you throw something in the trash, like think about why you're doing that. I don't know. It's just like it's it's a, a present form of thought with your consumption. Just Yeah, I was going to say that I'm definitely going to, when I move back home in a couple of weeks, going to look for some bulk food stores in the area because I definitely want to stop buying things in, in packaging that I don't really need. Like when, I don't know, you can buy so many things in bulk and like bring your own container and just imagine a pantry full of your own jars or bags or something. It looks very nice. Right? It's it, You know what everything is because it's in clear containers. You're like, oh, there's my mason jar of quinoa. Oh, there's my mason jar of red lentils. That's that's all I eat, everyone. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm definitely going to incorporate that more into my life. But I, I always end up just going to the same stores by habit. But I'll, I'm definitely going to try to find somewhere else, some bulk food stores. They're not that common, but... It's probably worth it to just go out of my way a little bit to to find one. And plus, the bulk food stores usually just have, like, they're non-perishables. You can keep these things stored in a, a mason jar for a while. Yeah. Like, it's just dried grain. So, you, you don't have to go there every week. You know, you can stock up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our show on Zero Waste Shopping. We hope you enjoyed it. Check out our Instagram at newplanet, N-E-U, planet, and feel free to send us an email at newplanetpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, I'm Aiden Hirsch. And I'm Xander Kip. See you next time. Bye.